This week on Use Your Words Podcast, we talk about the technology singularity. What is it? Josh really has some strong opinions and thinks it will be used for war to destroy humanity. He really believes in this supreme intelligence that's going to come. Oh, not so much. So listen as we talk about this. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of User Works Podcast. So there was another voice we heard over there. It's Enforcer. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Intimidator. but Intimidator. The Intimidator. She's like, the Intimidator. She is Intimidating. Yes, because everyone you hear that goes, the Intimidator, just sounds like Intimidating. I'm scared right now, so. It was... And there is a reason why we are scared of the Intimidator, but we are scared out of respect for her. And we will never say no to her. Well, me and Aaron will never say no. Josh can say no. All he wants. He's going to marry her. You have to learn how to love her and say no. Yeah. Say no in a loving way. Exactly. For Josh's thoughts and more on that, listen to last week's episode. Mm -hmm. Because I couldn't find a good way to tell Josh no. (laughs) But regardless of the fact, this week is a slight departure, I guess you could say. A different topic of sorts. I guess you could say that one could be more fearful of what could be in store for this topic. Well, maybe. Uh, maybe. Aaron might glaze over on his eyes a little bit. What? Uh, it's already <laughs> happening. <laughs> We are going to talk about the singularity uh, <laughs> today. Your technologies are rebelling, sir. You are now ready for the singularity to be downloaded into your Surface laptop and live forever now as a computer. For those of you who don't know what we're specifically getting at, we're getting at what are we getting at? Super intelligence. Well, no, yes, in a way. So the singularity, technological singularity, it's it's a this point in the future. Some say it's hypothetical. Some say it, it, we're going to hit there, and we can get into some of that here. But it, it's a point in the future when technological growth becomes basically uncontrollable, irreversible, and it will change humanity as we know it. Now. If you believe in pure evolution, you're like, yes, that's going to happen. If you are a Christian who believes in God, you might have a little bit more um, convincing to be taken in order to say, yeah, this might happen. But we'll see. Because who's to say Johnson's surface book doesn't have a soul? What? (laughs) I wanted to see if you were listening. Oh, (laughs) I will say that we... Don't know when we will discover this. Maybe we already have, and the AI is keeping a secret from us. Well, maybe we have, and the big tech giants are trying to figure out how to keep it out of government hands. Because whenever the government gets something, they always exploit it. They always find it to their own personal gain. Are you sure you're not talking about big tech companies? Because let's look at Facebook and all them and them exploiting the data that they have. You just made me think of something. But I know for a fact that this was a thing. The big tech companies were trying to get an agreement going with each other to try to keep a certain level of artificial intelligence out of government hands because they're afraid of what the government would do with it if they got it. Likewise, in China, China has already got stuff to where it's identifying people based on their walk. Um, They have cameras in certain uh, cities where they have cameras everywhere. So China's already, their government already has a really good hand on artificial intelligence and its ability to keep an eye on the public. Yeah, all those hippy dippies afraid of war. Um, but the, let's take a look at the, app. okay. Nuclear fusion. Okay. There was studying prior to 1945, but 1945, when we dropped the atomic bomb on Japan. Okay. Right. That was the date that it happened. Right. Like I said, going prior to it, we were doing research, we were doing, trying to do things on small scale tests and stuff like that. But that was the day that the first nuke actually did what it was intended to do. Right. I'm not even going to call it a nuke. I'm going to call it an atomic bomb. So we've been experimenting with artificial intelligence at a base level right now. And for years, it made a little bit, little bit of progress here and there. Okay. But we don't know when. 
uh, there I was watching a video and I was talking about a poll that was taken and a bunch of these top ranking scientists and, you know, people who predict things and stuff like that. They were saying at around the 20, I think it was the 2040 to the 2050 range is when half of them believed that we would discover superintelligence or get to the point of superintelligence. Right. It's really superintelligence. It's just something that is processing, thinking, and doing everything better than a human at that point. It's more intelligent than a human. And so half of them were saying about that 2040, I think maybe it was the 2030 uh, – uh, 2030, 2040 range. It was right around there. I can't remember. I, I'm trying to remember where it was. But 50 of them said there, and then the rest of the percentage was broken up to some people were saying, ah, oh, we could see it within the next 10 years. And some people were saying, ah, oh, we could see it, you know, 70 years from now. But we really don't know when we're going to come upon it. And it could be the matter of somebody is on the brink of discovering it right now in Russia or we might not find out till a college kid understands something 50 years from now. We don't know. All we know is we are making exponential progress on technology as we speak. We are going at a much faster pace than we've ever gone before, just partly because we have already discovered what artificial intelligence can do and how it can step in for humans as we are now. Okay, so are, do you know... And let me ask this, because maybe you might not be familiar with this, and I'm going to guess a lot of people are not familiar with this. <clears throat> Do you know why technology accelerates the rate that it does? There's actually a law associated with this. You know, a, a theory, I'm not saying like a law like written in the Constitution on this day. We shall double our technology. <laughs> but there's a, 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 a theoretical principle that – some people earlier on in the computing industry kind of came up with, and it's held true to this day about, because in order for us to do this AI stuff, right? Uh-huh. We need kind of powerful computers. Yes. So what's, so what's one of those basic things that's driving it? Do you know what the name of that law is by chance? If you don't, that's okay. I don't know the name okay. of the law. It's called Moore's Law. Moore's Law? Moore's Law. Moore's Law. So what this is, is that the number of transistors, so... If you think about a computer, yes, your computer is basically a big old binary system, ones and zeros. If you think of it this way, it's either on or off. So you have a gate that's on or off. Yes. A transistor allows for that flow of information on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. So the more transistors you have, the faster it can do the same computation. Moore's Law states that about every two years, we double our transistors in the same like package. So we increase our density hmm. and processors have kind of held true to that, both mobile uh, desktop server and all that. So you have this, all of a sudden you, we have this big, big headroom for all this computational power to happen. Now at the same time, we're also designing specialized computers. They're called neural computers. Neural computers are, um, they use, they have, uh, Basically, they're designed off the human brain, how the human brain's wired. So they design their networks and how they are assembled and how they process information off of the blueprint of the human brain. So they're trying to get as close to as possible mm -hmm. as a human, just even from that perspective, even from how they arrange the data. And, and what, kind of, what kind of computer is it called? A neuron computer? Neural Neuro computer. Neural computer. So there's... So what you're doing it, and there's a lot more terminology that goes in with this, but the basics that you need to understand is that our computational abilities about every two years doubles. Yes. I said about, because just because you increase transistors doesn't necessarily mean you get double the power because it, de it depends. This is going a little bit deeper. There's a bunch of aspects that. Yeah. You know, that, but. how big are they? Is it a seven nanometer, a millimeter? Is it a five millimeter? Because the smaller you get them. That means the less heat they generate, the closer they can be together, the faster the processing. There's many variables. Yeah. So you have all that, the heat, blah, 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 blah. But what you do need to do is you start building these programs, essentially, that are able to ingest a large amount of data and then understand that data in the same context that a human would. And they are already doing this. In fact, Google has AIs that can build better AIs than we can build. 
which is one of the reasons we're going to hit singularity faster than I think people realize. They even have, and I think this 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 does fall into fair use to listen to this. Um, this was from the Google I/O 2018. I want you to listen to how this AI interacts with human beings. Now, most people on the internet who are tech savvy have probably already heard this. Yeah, but I want you two to listen to this. So notice there, it added in the um. Humans tend to do that when they're trying to think on their feet and talk a lot. It also did the mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're responding back to me. And its voice had a... Um it was on a flat line tone. It had a change in tone in the voice, too. Exactly. And you know what? All that was computer-generated voice. Sure. What time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? Okay, and it goes on from there and finishes the booking. Now, when she says 12 a.m., 10 a.m., to me, I, I that, that cues in my brain, that's not a, res- a normal human response. Um, to me, that would cue to me that is uh, the beginning of the thing. You, you listen to it, you think you're talking to your human. But the time frames right there, those could be worked well, on a little. It, it, was, it was 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Well, no, no, I'm saying she was like, what, what time, what time are you thinking about? 12 PM. Yeah. When she said it, that's where I kind of noted, Hmm, something's off about this. And then when she said, uh, a woman's haircut. And then, um, when she was like, um, 10 AM, 12 PM, it's, it's it, the way that the, the AI spoke it kind of yeah. threw off a flag in my brain prior to its initial opening statement. But yes, it's, well, when was that? What was that released? The, the, so this is called uh, Google Duplex. It was originally announced in 2018. At first, there was con- some concern because of how human it does sound that people would get confused about it. So since then, they have uh, uh, added to it. You know, when you pick up the call, say, hey, this is Google Assistant calling on behalf of so-and-so. So that way, even the person that's responding knows it's at least AI that they're talking to. They don't think But it's still, a- I mean, the fact that. But it was able to negotiate a time based on the information it had available in the calendar. Okay, here's another example of this. Hey, how may I hear you? Hi, um, I'd like to reserve a table for Wednesday the 7th. For seven people? Um, it's for four people. So it was able to understand that they, the person on the RN was confused. And, said, and they said, oh, seven people? And they're like, no, 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 four, four people. Four people when... Um, Wednesday at 6 p.m. He actually sounds oh, irritated. Actually, we leave here for like after like five people. For four people, you can come. How long is the wait usually to uh, be seated? For when tomorrow or weekday or? For next Wednesday, uh, the seventh. Oh no, it's not too busy. You you, you can come for four people, okay? Oh, I gotcha. Thanks. Bye-bye. So the AI was able to navigate that entire conversation on its own without interaction from the human to help it. You don't look like you believe it. I don't like it. (laughs) I mean, I already know. Okay. Now, that being said, guess whose phone in this room could do that? (laughs) Aaron's phone can do that. He has Google Duplex available to him on his phone. Really? Yes. So we could plug that thing in right now. No. Yes. No. You could have it call Paul and request to make an appointment. We could do it on the air right now. No. Couldn't we? <laughs> I, let's not try to experiment with that live right now since uh, we don't have all the Bluetooth and all that set up. But Okay. But, but, but anyways, I've always been one to question Amazon Echo, Amazon to Google stuff. Okay. Because even when Amazon, we don't have Amazon plugged in. We don't. And I've told my parents to through security. Let's not have it plugged in. 
because I don't trust him. I don't. Okay. And here's why I don't trust him. Okay. In order for Alexa, okay, we have Alexa. In order for Alexa to know when to turn on, she always has to be listening to the conversation, looking for the word Alexa. So she's always receiving information and uploading it to Amazon so they can better understand. Because if you have a hard time saying Alexa, eventually she learns the way that you say it is the when she needs to turn on. Okay. So if you have an accent, okay, and you go and you, you don't you don't pronounce the X. Aleka or something, okay? Let's say you don't pronounce it. Eventually, she will learn that that's how she needs to turn on because when you raise your voice, you tend to be more, you tend to pronounce things better when you raise it, right? So she learns, but to learn, she has to always be listening. If she's always listening, then all your conversations are always being recorded and put into a center. Regardless of what they say, okay, it's always being recorded. They have to be able to process and sort through the information to see if there's anything she missed, right? So whether or not they retain that information for long periods of time or not, they're able to use that information. You obviously have not been paying attention to the news, have you? I guess I haven't. Okay. So this is maybe a month ago, maybe? Yeah, month, month and a half ago. So back in late July, September, this happened of 2019. So here's how these work. Uh, and I'm talking Siri. My phone. I'm talking Google Assistant, your guys' phone, uh, or maybe you have Bixby on your phone, maybe. I'm talking Alexa, all these, okay? So there's this trigger word, like you're saying, like, okay, Siri, okay, Google, hey, Siri, blah, 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 blah. Alexa, blah. Echo, yeah. Sorry, Siri, I wasn't talking to you. Bye for now. <laughs> yeah, bye, <laughs> Siri. Um, so they have this trigger word that they, they tried, that, that, that they're supposed to get, right? And when... So what they do is, yes, they're always recording. Siri is always recording. Okay, Let, let's be honest here. What it does is it buffers the first few sec- the few seconds before you say the f- catchphrase, and then the you know the query that you're doing, and it sends that to a data processing. Now, some things like Siri and some stuff on Google. So not all, but some it does locally. It only processes locally. The rest it sends up to their cloud servers gets routed to their data centers, gets processed by their system, and comes back. Now, that being said, if it's accidentally triggered, like you say the word, hey, Aaron, but you say it with a lisp, and it comes out as, hey, Siri, you know, something like that. Aaron or something. Yeah, yeah, so something like that. So it triggers, triggers, let's say, Siri, right? Well, that little bit of data is going to be recorded, sent up. Well, that doesn't trigger it because when it's analyzed further, it's not actually Siri, but then they are they may have human people review said recording. Now, this is where it gets a little tricky with everything, right? It's not always uploading all the data. It's uploading only the things that it thinks triggered it. So that's how you do get the stuff of the news articles of the past month, month and a half, where they found that human reviewers are reviewing these recordings and listening to them. They're obviously D um they're not linked to like when Aaron uses Google Assistant. It's not linked to his Google account, but they get whatever that audio was that caused Google Assistant to trigger. So he might have been talking about something about Google. It triggered it, and it wasn't related to anything assistant-wise. You know, they've gotten recordings. You know, the, the reviewers, they've, they've heard drug deals. They've heard sex tapes. They've heard everything, these human reviewers. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, it's, so yes, it is recording all the time yes it does transmit data but it's not transmitting everything and that being said because of this uh revelation uh if you will that and i'm surprised people didn't understand this to begin with that human reviewers do listen to these things sometimes you know because there are some things that the ai at this point maybe doesn't understand so a human person has to listen to it transcribe it enter that information to computer so the ai gets better and people didn't understand that at first and um, now all these companies are saying, okay, we're going to update our policies and make it clear on how this happens. Like right now, no data is being reviewed by human reviewers until they get these new policies. Like all the companies have said, yeah, we're not going to have human reviewers until we get this all figured out. But I, I, I still think that whether or not the conversations all are, I understand locally to a point, but I have a feeling that 
the information is still being uploaded somewhere and it is still being stored, whether or not they realize it or not. And it's now a pathway of dialogue that they can use for going forward and creating artificial intelligence to be even more intelligent. Because everybody has a different way of saying something, and if a computer is able to map out all the different ways that you could say something, it's able to process your request or your or, or your piece of information wrong. Now, one could say that I am against the advancement of artificial intelligence, but I also know that through humankind, we don't have a good our ability to um, respectively keep technology in a good spot is a little. It's not, we don't have a good track record of it. Well, someone's only going to use it for what they want to use it exactly. for. Exactly. So here's an example of some AI that you don't even know you use. I pull up my camera app. I point this at Josh, and I took a photo. In that second one, took a photo. It analyzed everything about the photo. Yes. And it used AI to determine what was a face, what wasn't a face. It then adjusted based on the fact that it found your face. Mm-hmm. Now, that photo is now saved on my phone. This uploads to my photo app. It now takes all the faces it knows about you, analyzes, and says, oh, this is Josh. It could take photos all the way back from when you when I have the, those Alaska photos. Yep. It takes all, all the way back, and it goes, oh, this is Josh. Yep. I could probably import a picture of you at five, and it would know it's you. Oh, yeah, probably. At this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny to watch Google Photos try to decipher between my dad and his twin. Yeah. It goes, is this the same person? It's funny. And eventually it's going to get to a point where it can learn that. The big the big difference, and it hasn't learned it because I haven't responded to its request. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big difference is the way the hair sweeps. One sweeps one way, the other sweeps the other. That's the big difference between the twins. Um, but So back in 2017, this is 2017, okay? Uh-huh. So we've advanced quite a bit since then. Google researchers automated the design of a neural network, and what this does is this neural network automatically creates child AIs. And what this does is it builds a child AI to recognize specific items. So they'll build a child AI that just recognizes people, one that just recognizes cars, traffic lights, backpacks, in video, in real time. I mean, that totally makes sense. But, I mean, but it's an AI building other AIs to recognize objects. The issue, the issue I see with artificial intelligence, especially as we get to superintelligence, is a computer's ability to understand values. Okay? Yeah. One video, it did a perfect example. It wasn't on the extreme side. But it was four guys with a panelist, and they were speaking. And um, you can kind of find this. You can find this if you, if you, if you guys... Want to know what I'm talking about? You can go ahead and look the video up. And uh, one of the guys is talking about the values. And I completely agree with him. It is, it is a very uh, important and essential piece in this because we learn values on day to day. We learn values of things just by sitting in this room. We learn values through morals. We learn values through watching others. Um, and a hard thing is trying to have something comprehend a lifelong of values at the time of its creation. Because the last thing you want to do is have a computer learn something after it already did something that it shouldn't have done. Because at that point, the computer is going to get destroyed. You know. So the guy used the example of, let's say you're not going to be home in time, and you tell your artificial intelligence, which at this point is a robot. Okay, So we've, we've gotten to the point of superintelligence, and now we have artificial intelligence robots at a minute level that's available for everyday use. And you tell the robot to go ahead and cook your kid's dinner. Well, the robot goes to the fridge and the cab and the pantry and finds no food, but it sees a cat. So it takes the cat, cooks the cat mm. for the kids. Now, in retrospect, like I said, that was an extreme example, but... Yeah, that is. Okay. At that point in time, the AI would identify that an animal is food, okay? Whether or not that AI would know that the cat is something that it should or should not use uh, for food to feed the kids, it was achieving its goal. Okay, so the goal that it had was to provide food for the kids. That's what its goal was. But it needs the values in there to know how to get to the goals. Because like we've experienced and we've already noted that Facebook created an AI that lied to itself. Okay, Not lied to itself, lied to its creators. I mean, sorry, lied to its creators. Okay, So if you don't put those values, it's going to go the easiest, fastest route to get where it needs to be. 
Now, for example, if you're in a car, okay, another example the guy used. If you were in a car and you told it, you told your your car, your artificial intelligence car, that you wanted to get from uh, Milwaukee to St. Louis, and you wanted to, to get you there as fast as possible, you know, it could take the route of literally getting you there with, uh, you know, uh, five squad cars, three helicopters behind you. By the time you get there, you know, you could have the the National Guard on your tail for speeding over 140 mile an hour, crashing into people and cars is to get there because it did what you said. So the value portion is going to be the challenging part because we have to make sure that these computers understand how we want them. Because if you tell a computer to do something, it's going to take you quite literal, like a kid. Okay, so two things with that. First off, the cat thing I don't buy. And, and here's why. AI can recognize what type of animal is considered vernacularly as a pet versus not a pet. Now, you might have some strangeness if you had a pet rat, okay? But like a cat or a dog, AIs, you know, the most common ones out there that do any sort of processing, they know, oh, this is a cat, it's a pet. This is a dog, it's a pet. But not all cats and dogs are pets. If they're in your house, they probably are. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Now, as far as the other stuff, there's, um, have you ever heard of Asmo's Three laws of robotics. No. Okay. This is kind of when this whole idea kind of came up. So they basically they're, they're like, okay, here's the three laws of robotics. A robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Law one. Is, is, is this is like design laws or what? Like this is how you'd like, like if, if you think of it as the basis of their code. Okay. Law two. A robot must obey orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. So I can't go to my robot butler and, you know, and turn an AI and go, kill Aaron, please murder Josh for me. Turn, throw him in the wood chipper. It's his turn in there. It it, it would know. Now this, this is again, assuming the AI is able to identify everything and know that, Oh, a wood chipper would kill Josh. Third law, a robot must protect its own existence. As long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. It must protect its own existence. As long as it does not conflict with the first or second law. So that's how a, pro- a robot would be programmed. That That's kind of, you know, kind of one of those first takes of it. You know, the three laws of robotics, kind of that universally like, here's some of the basis of how we define what these AIs should do. Well, that's not going to happen. All those laws are going to be abolished right away. Maybe, maybe not. No, I mean, look at the military. The military is trying to create drones that fly alongside an F-35. Yeah. Okay. These drones are going to interact with the pilot, whether or not they have somebody down in Kansas controlling them or not. They're going to interact with a pilot called a wolf pack. The wolf pack pretty much is going to help keep the drones from being uh, hacked because the, 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 the mother computer, let's say the F-35, is going to be in the air next to them. So these right. these drones are going to be able to go out and do smaller attacks while the F-35 pilot can kind of negate everything and stuff like that. So automatically, these drones are going to be killing humans, okay? They're going to be listening yeah, but, to, to to their owner, but and they're are, also going to kill humans to keep their own existence alive. But are they AI is the question, or are they just following a program? Because an AI is not a program, but a program is not an AI. They're going to have to be AI. Are they really? Yes, they're going to have to be able to identify the differences between friend and foe. They're going to have to be able to, with computer programs, identify well, uh, I, what they're but, seeing. But the program, okay, the program, you, you program into it, okay, if they have this sort of transponder, they're, fo- they're friendly. That's not AI. That's, they don't have that, a transponder, that, that, does that automatically mean they're enemy? It, might, it probably will then. How else are you going to define it? You're not going to have it scan the facial features because then you go, oh, if it has facial hair, it's an enemy. You can't do that. No. But what happens when the um, uh, what happens when yeah they're they're gonna they're, there's going to be AI involved period there's going to be AI, AI. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, absolutely, there's going to be AI involved. If not now, down the road, absolutely. I'm going off of what I've seen with history: the exploitation of militaries. They do everything they can to get to their advantage. That's their, that's their job. Win wars. Okay? No, it, it's designed. I'm reading up on it. It's designed to act as to be controlled by a parent aircraft, not to act on its own. I just looked up the drone. That's for the, the wolf pack. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's not using AI. So the mother plane is not using AI. 
No, it's someone controlling it. Well, one person cannot operate six drones at once. No, because what it is is besides the F-35 or F-22, there's another plane that flies with them, the XQ-58 Valkyrie. That flies with them, and that Valkyrie is what controls the drones. So it it's comes from the United States Air Force's research laboratory's low-cost air for, uh, attributable aircraft technology, LCAT, portfolio, uh, basically to have as little cost as possible for that. Now, will it eventually maybe, maybe uh, be completely unmanned and done with uh, AI? But that's going to have to be hold. That's going to be a weird thing because, and this is why I say this, a lot of the AI companies, the bigger ones, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, eh, to a sense they're getting there. Um, a lot of them, their employees are refusing to work on any projects that might be used for military purposes. I mean, that's understandable. So, therefore, you would have to have the military building their own AI. Which wouldn't surprise me. And that has all sorts of ethical complications involved in that then. Oh, yeah. But it's war. You always got to be ahead of the enemy. I'm not trying to be a pessimist or anything here, but, I mean, let's 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 face the facts. If somebody can build an army of drones, okay, they can fly over and calculate precision strikes, be able to maneuver around behind enemy lines, you eliminate more people. That means you have more people to put elsewhere. Why not? They're going to use artificial intelligence. It's going to get used in some form or another in the military. Have you ever seen Terminator? I have seen Terminator. Johnson, have you ever seen Terminator? Which one? I mean, I've seen... The original, like, one and two. The one with, like, the liquid villain guy. Yeah, that's two. But what happens in there? What happens in Terminator? I mean, with who? What, Arnold? Well, no, 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 no. What, what led to that world? Oh, geez. I don't remember that much about it. Wasn't there, there's a, wait, wasn't that the past? Well, what happened in the future? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a it. war going on. I don't know. I don't Skynet? know. Skynet. Okay, that name fair. sounds familiar. I, and that's where, because I was talking about the military built AI. That's where Skynet comes into play. You know, and that's why they always say kind of like, oh, great, this is the new Skynet. So Skynet was originally developed as an AI to basically control a bunch of drones and robot soldiers and tanks and all this and to eliminate the threats. Yes. And this is why I say I don't think war could ever be done by an AI. And here's why. Eventually, the AI in this, and I think this was kind of a cautionary tale for us to kind of look at. It looked at it, um, and they it, it kept evaluating its threats, and eventually it evaluated that it's the threat to the threat was all of humankind, and eventually that's why Skynet, you know, started doing what it did in building its Terminators and killing people in the big old war, and you know, John and Sarah Connor in the past, and why da 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 Arnold had to protect the boy. So that I think that was a cautionary tale about that, and that is true because if you already have AIs that can build AIs. Yes. What's to prevent an AI from building an AI that sees the threat as human beings? Exactly why I've always stressed that. Why I say I don't think they'll ever do AI for stuff like that. They will probably do stuff like uh, computer programming, where it's not think, be able to think on its own, where it's doing, okay, do you have the transponder? Nope, you're an enemy. Because then, if you deploy like your Wolfpack side thing in an unmanned drone situation, it makes perfect sense. We have the transponder. Okay. Or if it's not transponder-based, maybe it's everything beyond this certain latitude, longitude. Go. You know, go in, you know, five miles from this area. Go and kill. I, I do believe th- artificial intelligence will be used in war, period. Because somebody, somebody will implement it into a kill position. Somebody will. And then all you need is an EMP. That before or after they built many of these things. Daring. Yeah. Oh, look, here's a, here's a big contingent of AI soldiers. Ooh. Oh, look, they all dead now. You're going to have to have, hum- and this is unfortunate, but you're going to have to have humanity find the wars. They, everyone keeps saying about machines, if their machines are going to be human piloted. Because if it fails in a harsh condition, they're going to need something. Until it's 100% br- proven that... You, this thing can take on every piece of dust, water, hail, gunshot. I don't think they're going to rely on that to fight their wars. Will they be used to augment? Yes. 
Will they be used as a primary? Yeah, I can't see that. AI, that would be too dangerous. Well, and that's the whole point, you know, of people in AI. It's there's a cautionary there. There's this is where we're headed, whether we like it or not. Oh, I, I have, and it's no. not, and it's not just the um, super intelligence portion. It's also the other portion, the integration of the human species with robots. I really want to watch iRobot again. There you go. <laughs> because right now, so yes, there's a super intelligence portion that you're talking about, the AI, where the AI comes and controls and ultimately spells the doom for our world. Because let's be honest, that's what's going to happen. But you're also already starting to see integration of human and tech into almost human-like cyborgs these days. You have people, and I I will never do this myself, but they do implant um, like RFID chips into their body to control their house and that, and control other things. But no, I mean, artificial intelligence will find its way into the military. It will, period. Because if another military is doing it, then our military has to do it. And if our military is doing it, someone else has to do it. It's just period how it is. There's not going to be a law out there, and if there is, it's going to get abolished. Because we need to stay ahead of the game, as every military wants to, okay? Which is why one of the reasons the big companies don't want the government to really get their hands on artificial intelligence. But either way, artificial intelligence is only the beginning of it. While we hit super intelligence, think about it. When you hit super intelligence, we'll never need to invent another thing again. We'll just upload our problems, and it will solve them. Uh... That's a theoretical superintelligence. How is that a theoretical? A superintelligence is something that thinks beyond the human yeah, capacity. Yeah, it, it thinks beyond the human capacity. But part of the reason that humans have been able to be so successful is also our creativity for solving problems in weird ways sometimes. But it's, see, we base that on the fact that we are the high supreme species on this planet. <laughs> we are, aren't we? Exactly. But what happens when superintelligence comes into play? Think about it. I don't, I, don't, I don't get threatened by anything like that. Because I feel like how, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's a whole thing where the AI can lie to us and trick us into stuff. Exactly. But is it, I don't know, would it actually be able to come up and be smarter than us to a point? <laughs> if it's able to build better AI than humans are able to build better uh, Better. If we create an AI that is able to create better AIs than what we can create, we're already at that point. It's figuring out algorithms at speeds that we can't even process in half the amount of time. It's figuring out how to build structures of things that we we probably would be thinking about in 10 years just because of the speed that it can do it at. Now, think about this. If you think about it, <laughs> apes, okay? If you look at an evolution standpoint, like... Some people would apes many, 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 many generations before us. Okay. But the apes are superior than us with strength. The average chimpanzee is, I think it's chimpanzee. Chimpanzee. Chimpanzee is twice the strength of an average everyday male. He has twice the strength. Okay. Okay. But intellectually, intelligence wise, we are far superior than them. The fate of their existence relies on us, okay? We can kill them off or we can bring them back like crazy. We can control that because we have created things and we have knowledge well beyond their capabilities. So when we have superintelligence, if at this point before superintelligence, we have artificial intelligence being able to uh, create better AI than we can create, then when we hit superintelligence, we will have something that we'll have to rely on. Our fate will be in the brains of the superintelligence. And as much as we don't choose to comprehend that, when the day comes, we'll have to comprehend it, period. I don't know. My dad, my dad made the, my phrase of when I said, you know, think about it. The last thing we'll have to create is superintelligence, Okay. Because it will be able to process and think completely on its own and it think better than us, faster than us. Anyways, he says, no, the last thing we will create is a thing to turn off superintelligence. That's what he said. I don't know. We, and that's the thing. Humanity on this planet has always been the superior race. We've always liked being in control. We've always liked being top of the food chain. 
But when we are bringing something in that is going to be superior than us intelligence-wise, and that is what allowed us to be where we are today, is because we, like you said, Paul, we've been able to figure things out and sometimes come up with very strange ways of doing it. But when you have something that can think better than the human on that spectrum, who knows what we'll be dealing with? We'll be dealing with Skynet and something that will destroy us all. So, all right, then the end of the world will come, and then Jesus will be like, and then I'll be in heaven. It's so a, I'll be okay. Actually, superintelligence is one of the uh, signs of the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually uh, marked as one of the possible causes of the extinction of the human race. Yeah. There is so much power behind something like that. Well, and here's the thing about that. You have this intelligence. Again, I, I don't buy that you would be able to upload any problem and do it. And here's why. It may just look at it from a very factual way. It will look at it from a, here's the data, but it it, it basically will ignore the trees. Or what's, what's the phrase? It ignores the forest for the trees. It'll look at the singular point, the singular data. It won't look at the whole picture. Hmm. It will not... Uh, what do they call it? The Chinese room problem or something like that? I don't know. Let me pull that up. All I know is that robotic arms still today have to be in enclosed structures. Okay, years ago when I worked at a at a uh, manufacturing plant in downtown Racine, um, occasionally you would have the robot arm have some sort of compute issue, and it would throw a piece of metal across the room. Well, it couldn't because there was a cage, so you would hear it smack the cage, smack the ground. When I went to the Foxconn plant, what was it last year or was it two years now? Well, I think Probably it was last two year. years. Two years already? I feel like it's been a while. Well, they opened up the Foxconn plant here in Racine, and they allowed you to see what they were going to be bringing in, the type of technology they were going to be creating, the layout of the facility that they're building now as we speak. They had a, a piece of machine, and, and like it is, most assembly lines now are computer-controlled. But they have an engineer on standby to make sure everything is going right. The arm was in a cage still. Okay. So we're still at a point in time to where even programs malfunction. So if, so if we're looking to the future of trying to trust something that can think on its own, how do we not know that thinking on its own it might have a fault in? And if it finds a way to defend against us... For example, you said one of, one of the three is... Um, For the laws of robotics, yeah. Yes, is to defend itself as long as it's not interfering with laws one and two. Yep. Laws one was not to harm a human. And laws two, I forget what that one was, that was the goal? To follow the instructions as, long as, as long as it didn't interfere with one, with one. Okay. Now, if it has an issue, and artificial intelligence, we're not talking about super... Uh, intelligence at this point because at this point it'd be beyond this if artificial intelligence okay uh, this is years down the road where it's really smart but it's not you know surpassing human if it understands that it wants that you want to turn it off because there's something wrong with it but it knows that when you turn it off it's not going to wake up the same but it knows that to defend itself it can't harm humans okay let's say let's say the middle law is the broken law with this machine it doesn't listen to what you want it to do. As long as it doesn't harm you, okay, it will reject any command in its own defense. Now, if this artificial intelligence is uploaded to the internet, okay, let's say it's that point, okay, it's not on one machine anymore. It now can navigate its way through multitude, multitudes of machines. So you're saying it's a worm? Maybe. Because a worm is able, it's a virus that is able to self-replicate and self-spread. Computer programs, including AIs, by default don't just spread to other computers. They still rely on physical servers to live on. You power down that server, there goes the AI. It doesn't mean that you automatically upload an AI and it automatically goes to all the servers that are out there on the web. Unless you're saying it's a virus, in that case, it's undesirable and let's get rid of it. Well, this is years down the road I was referring to. Still, the concept remains because by default, the default standard of all computers is that... They don't accept, A, they don't accept connections from those they don't know. And B, they don't just take software installs from <laughs> remote computers. Right. Well, we're only in the year 2019. We can't predict what 2030 or 2040 will bring. 
all we know is we can kind of guess as to what's going to come. But yep, artificial intelligence, especially super intelligence, is not something we want to make mistakes with. Regardless of who gets it in their hands, regardless of who wants to use it for what, if it ends up in war, if it doesn't end up war, and Paul, your prediction is right, and you know they they stay with programs, who knows? Um, yeah, and I'm a lot that I've read on this super intelligence stuff. The one thing that they said is going to stop it is that they don't they can't reproduce the human thought exactly. Again, it's just looking at the data. It's not able to actually. Think critically about the data. Because not all problems are solved just by, oh, look, here's a spreadsheet. Sometimes you have to look for the patterns. and The patterns aren't there, and sometimes you have to be creative with them. Also, there's this whole, con- uh, again, I was going back to that Chinese room problem. Is it really thinking, or is it appear like it's thinking? That, that's, that Chinese room problem is a whole ball of wax to get into. Um, but really what it comes down to is also, does something, is something able to pass the Turing test? Are you familiar with the Turing test? Nope. So this was developed back in 1950 uh, by Alan Turing. So if you're not familiar with him, he was uh, basically a computer scientist uh, over in, was it Britain at the time? I believe so. And yeah, English mathematician, computer scientist. He was he had a bunch of tiles. Um, they just actually now recently like gave him full honors after his death because at that time it was illegal to be gay in England and he was and the whole big hubbubaloo about it and everything. Anyways, he came up with this, this test and this is how, this is like the gold standard and how you test an an AI. So what you do is you basically give the computer uh, like, like Josh, you sit down in front of the computer, right? And you're told that you are chatting with someone else, you know, through text. You're not told if it's machine or if it's a real human. And you start the conversation and the, how it responds back. You know how you were saying with the AI, you know, like some like, oh, it, it, it said 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. That you're like that threw me that would throw me for, for you know, it's, and kind of give me that AI a little bit. Well, if it's able to get to the point where you 100 percent can't tell, you know, based on the data and you can talk about anything. You don't have to go, hey, Google, blah, 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 blah. Hey, Google, blah, blah. You just literally sit down and have a full-on chat. You could talk about whatever war thing you want to. And I can respond back. Yeah, but does it respond back, Not, you know, convincingly as a human? It responds human? like I'm talking to you right now. Exactly. Is it able to do that where you have no idea if it's human or not? Then it passes. Nothing passes right now. You know, and this was a, a thing devised back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So in order for you to have uh, super intelligence, first off, you'd have to be able to pass that. So, again, maybe in the future we will. You know, people are hopeful. But that also then brings in, again, because it, it doesn't just do the number and data crunching. Because Google can do that. Alexa can do that. Siri can do that. They can correlate data, you know, distance and time. You know, my phone tells me, oh, on Fridays, you're going to drive down to this address. At this time, it's time to leave. It knows that, but it can't hold a full conversation with me. Eventually, it goes, I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, you use an abbreviation, let's say, that deals with something like uh, some of your war stuff that you like. Because you're a war buff. Nothing wrong with that. But you use some abbreviations, it's going to go, I have no idea what that means. You know, it, it, it doesn't know how to process that. You know, how, how does a machine learn how to process abbreviations? Us as humans... We learn that through experience. So, yes, can we have superintelligence? Maybe for number crunching. Beyond that, eh, eh. AI, I don't think it's going to be as marvelous and wonderful as everyone says it's going to be. I think we're kind of, we might get some incremental improvements from where we are, but we're not going to have fully synthesized errands running around. I don't know if we'll ever come to that point. It'd be entertaining to see. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, a whole room full of, a whole gaggle of errands. A bunch of errands sneezing at the same time. That'd be very uncomfortable. What, errands sneezing at the same time? What? What? <laughs> what? I see what you're going for. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'd be very uncomfortable. <laughs> a room full of these. There's about ten of those. And again, that's, un- that's unedited, by the way. So, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. So I don't know if we'll ever get there. Just because of the fact, yes, we are getting those uh, expanded um, capabilities, you know, computational abilities, and that, yes, we'll probably get to the super intelligence portion. Okay. That part of the the equation, I think we'll get there. Because that doesn't require AI for the super intelligence. It just needs something that can computate data and understand it in a way that current computers can't. You know. Now, that being said, are we as a society ready for the ramification that comes with all that? I don't think we are. As we already discussed, that would be bad if it came to the War Department. But what about other stuff, socioeconomic stuff? How would that impact it? Let's say the whole singularity thing, let's say, make a big assumption here, okay? This is a very big assumption. No insult, Aaron. Aaron gets a surge of intelligence and next week develops the, the quantum computing programming language that enables full course AI that can compute and solve way better and faster than any human, applicable for military and all that. What does that do for our society as a whole? What happens, Josh, when you're told you're no longer needed because Johnson's AI can order parts way better than you can and anticipate current trends and needs before you can even think about it? I'd be out of business. Yep. What's going to happen to me when I'm told that the service can be automated way better than I could ever do it because they can come up with better ideas? I'll be out of a job. So then at that point, I mean, don't get me wrong. Are companies going to use artificial intelligence before the law has to step in and regulate that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Could we prevent that before it happens? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we could. Are we? Probably not. Um, Are we going to see the utopia that Star Trek has? No. But I will say this does make me think of a movie called Surrogates. Circuits. Surrogates. Surrogates. Oh, Surrogates. With, uh, I believe it's Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. You talked about this one before. Um, He's a detective and... You know, everybody's pretty much just living in their room and they live their life through the robot because it's so, so, such a dangerous place outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I completely agree. Artificial intelligence, I, I'll be honest, it's a really neat, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. If you're a scientist, you're going to say it's a beautiful thing. But when it comes to advancing it, I think we are um, floating more along the lines of a um, more consequential area than we realize. Technically, we all have, like you were saying, we all have art- artificial intelligence. Everybody. Oh. Billions. Billions of different, uh, yeah, different it's, computers. It's, you know, uh, very basic forms of yes. it. Um, but as it progresses, it's, it's going to become more and more and more. Everything's going to become more entwined. Um, I don't think we're ready for it. I don't. And when I'm talking about the whole war thing, I don't see why it wouldn't go that route. Will we ever see it go that route? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know if there's going to be a big war prior to that. I don't know if we're going to get sent back to the Stone Age because of nuclear war and then you the fallout of that. I, I don't know if we'll ever reach it. <laughs> but if we do get to that point, I don't see why it wouldn't go that way. Um, but if we get to that point, it's something we can't mess up on. Otherwise, Terminator will happen. Just period. Because what is the one thing that is destroying this planet more than anything else? Regardless if you're a Christian or not, but humans are the thing that is bringing this planet to extinction. We are. We're, yeah. We're, we're destroying natural habitats. We're polluting the oceans. We're filling the ozone layer with carbon monoxide. We are killing animals off for fun. In the Bible, it says we are aliens. This is not our home, right? Right. Just biblically speaking. Okay. But not biblically speaking, we, I guess you could say, we are too intelligent for this planet to survive. I don't know if we're too intelligent for the planet to survive. We're maybe the, too dumb. We're too in, we're that? too intelligent, but we're too, we're too stupid careless. to use that intelligence for the greater good, not for the selfish desires. I, let, let's Okay, this will get me in trouble. So I'll say it, not Josh and not Aaron, so they don't have to get in trouble on this one. I wasn't going to say whatever it was anyway. <laughs> I don't know what he's going at. I know. Because um, when Josh is saying we're too stupid to be too smart and blah, 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 blah. Um, so <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Does that name ring a bell? Thunberg. Nope. Yes. It does ring a bell for you. Yes. 
That's that um, climate activist right now. Yeah, 16 year old mm. child. Yeah, we already talked about her. Today. Yeah. And how, honestly, right, okay, right now, what's happening is we're letting, okay, whatever. This will get me in trouble. That's fine. It, this is not part or anything that Advocate Aurora Healthcare endorses or talks about or anything like that. Opinions are my own. I just had that in, just to protect my job. Um, <clears throat> but why are we letting children be the ones to tell us what we're supposed to do? I, that's fine that she could be an, an activist and that. That's fine. I don't have any qualms about that. What I have a qualm about is why are we so dumb that a child says in an event and then we just immediately go, we have to do it. That's why, that's why I say we're too dumb. Why is it taking a child to make a difference? Not even a child to make a difference. Why, why, why is it that when a child says something, we immediately go, oh, yes, we will follow whatever you say. This whole deal about um, plastic straws, that was from a nine-year-old's like, throwaway science project. So now all of a sudden everywhere has to ban plastic straws because hmm. the nine-year-old said, oh, ban plastic straws. You know, now, granted, to her credit, okay, when she does her talks, she doesn't try to prevent, present stuff that she's doing. She actually goes out and brings like real studies. So that's to her credit, okay? But why is it that we are so stupid as a society that we say, oh, a child, I will now follow whatever the child says. Does the, mm. child, does the child say go jump off the cliff? I will go jump off the cliff. That's why I said we're too stupid to survive. Yes. That makes sense. Not that we have to be told what to do by a child, but that we let ourselves be told what to do by children and that we must follow them because the child said so. That's like me saying, I will live my life by the philosophies of whatever Aaron says. I am screwed, royally and utterly screwed. Especially when he starts saying, Paul, use your paycheck to buy me a house. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that is when he has to be giving a loving no. Yes. So, I mean, th that's when I say we as humanity are too stupid to live here and keep to keep ourselves from extinction. That's why I say that. Because that stuff like that makes me lose hope in humanity sometimes. I know. Shouldn't lose hope in humanity. But I do because of crap like that. Yeah. I mean, you'd think, no offense, anybody that's listening, but you think politicians would sit down and actually try to figure out what's best for the world and instead of sit there and somebody phrased it to me, a bunch of kids in a sandbox that don't know how to build a sandcastle. No, they're just too worried about where they're going to get their next bit of money from. You know, I can be honest and say that, you know, there is some um, public corporate or not public corporations. Well, there are some companies out there that are trying to influence and buy stuff, you know, elections and that. So they need to stop that. But that's why a lot of politicians do what they do. And I'm not saying it's one side. It's both sides. Let's, oh. let's be honest here. Both and I'm sides not saying doing... all politicians are corrupt either. There are definitely ones out there that go in there with the intentions of trying to make a difference. But it is very challenging to do that in an area that has been, I'm not going to say corrupt, but dysfunctional for so long. But you know what is good? Well, I don't know if it's good. Guess what? We won't need to have politicians after the singularity. <laughs> if you have, like, if, oh boy. If you have the full-on singularity... You have the superintelligence and the AI. You won't need it. Just let the computer run everything. Like I said, we'll, the fate of our existence will be in the uh, computer program. Yep. And then what happens when Josh dies and we have to transfer his brain into a computer? Because that's also part of it, too. That definitely is going to be uh, interesting to deal with regards to Christianity. Yeah. So what happens when Josh dies? And 20 minutes later, we upload his entire contents of his brain into a computer, and you can now talk to Josh through a computer screen. Is his soul in the computer, or is it up in heaven? Because is Josh in the computer, or is this just a figment of our imagination? It's just a there was something. There was some company, and I think they were actually doing something like that. They were trying to... Oh, oh I'm trying that, to... That also begs the question, then, while you're looking this up. You know how... At least a little while ago, uh, getting yourself frozen in Cairo, Cairo. Wow, I can't speak. Getting yourself frozen, you know, to be revived later. So is your soul just kind of laying here for hundreds of years doing nothing? If yeah, your body's still alive? That's never been done, though. Uh, there might. I don't know if there are any. I know they keep trying it. Yeah. 
But if I they mean, keep trying and everybody dies. Then. But what if the body? We actually get to a point where someone is alive still. Oh, is that, it? That's yes. just another thing to think about. That's yeah. going to be interesting. Um, now I don't know if you would equate biotech to being artificial intelligence, but it being able to reconstruct and reprogram humans, that would be more on the artificial intelligence side. Um, but there is a company. Uh, there's no name on this. This, um, but they've been given this back in 2016 permission to recruit 20 clinically dead patients and try to bring their central nervous system back to life. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. I mean, it makes sense. Your nervous system is just just a series of electrical impulses. But that is one step to trying to... There's actually a news article I was reading uh, a week or two ago where some scientists discovered a way to bring back a brain for a couple hours after death. Now, they can't study if the full consciousness is there, but they're able to at least get some signals from it. Hmm. So maybe it's the scientists working on that project. Maybe what they're really trying to do is trying to find a way to pull the memories and the thoughts to help with crime cases. Well, how about this here? Let me ask this question. Maybe we never get to the superintelligence and maybe we never get to the full AI. But maybe we develop some nanobots that as, you know, because so normally as you age, your cells replace and eventually because of the telomere shortening in that you die. Because when that happens, your cells aren't able to reproduce anymore. But these uh, nanobots come in and they repair your cells and your DNA so that way your cells are able to reproduce indefinitely and keep you at the age of which you got your injection. How is that going to work? Because theoretically then, with the human's capability of learning and understanding, we could continue to live and we can continue to learn. So therefore, we could, in theory, have human superintelligence that's not electronic. It's fully organic. I've honestly never thought about it that way before. Superintelligence isn't a computer thing, but superintelligence is going to be an organic thing. Yeah. I think we've blown Aaron's brain enough. No, I think he's hungry. But, I mean, so you have that possibility, too, because don't forget, we're always learning about nanotech as well. So what happens instead of going that full AI route, instead we go that full route where we try to hack our own bodies of technology. You still have that singularity, that melding of tech and machine. So the artificial intelligence... The nanotech. I'm just throwing it able to. Well, I know, I know. It's yeah. just able to figure out how to repair, replace, and improve the human body organically. Yeah. To mechanically, and they're able to yeah. surpass natural human capabilities. Yeah. That'd be so weird. I mean, that's another way the singularity can happen as well, that merging of tech and machine. Yeah. Where Aaron's body, instead of it being just his standard... Uh, brain and nervous system is augmented by neural machines for faster processing and faster capabilities and better capabilities than he ever dreamed of. So Aaron could drum again. Again, he could drum drum right now, boy. He could drum twice as fast as normal. So the singularity can happen in multiple ways. It can happen the superintelligence, it could happen the AI, it can happen the nanotech, the merging of human and machine. It could happen uploading consciousness afterwards. It could happen transferring Josh's consciousness into a robot body. Because he thinks a robot body looks sexier for his wife. Um, so you have all those ways a singularity could come about. And yes, I agree. I don't think humanity, we are ready for it. Because of the fact that we are so petty and have more than enough wars to deal with. And at the same time, I also don't want us to ever get to a one world government. So let's just hold off on the singularity permanently. That's- let's never get there. Because if we ever get to the one world government and there's peace everywhere... Oh, well, we got the end of the world coming. Wait, what? I see. Isn't the one having a one world government like like coming to the end? Yeah, exactly. That's why I said that. So, I mean, one way or another, I don't care what happens. So are we going <laughs> to die from politician or AI? That's the question. That's a very good question. Because at that point, oh, you see, there's a reason why about, I believe uh, in the it, Second Amendment. What, what about an AI politician? <sighs> That's what I have to say about that. Yeah, but of course, by that time, when the AIs are around, they'll probably all be AI-enhanced guns. Guns that only shoot at things that they think they're supposed to shoot at? As well as... It's not shooting! It has to have a DNA... Oh, it's sorry! It has to have a DNA lock on you and all this other stuff. And, oh, jeez. Yeah. You know they want that. But they're anyways... You can pull the trigger? Yep. They had, they had that in a James Bond movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's going to come around again. So, Johnson, 
Do you have anything to contribute at all? (laughs) It's scary. (laughs) It's weird. I guess it's not scary. I don't. uh, It's weird to think about. Well, hey, would I be surprised if I don't know? I wouldn't be surprised if stuff got into like the war scene and all that jazz. I feel like just how many things just in life where it doesn't have to be a hundred percent like ready to go. So, oh, we can try it been tested long enough we'll give it a shot and see what happens and i'll go well the first couple times and we're fine and then we're not fine then we're not fine yeah so i don't know josh it's a lot do you have anything else to add nope um a okay okay well (laughs) what i have to say is that while you still have your free will and your humanity (laughs) check us out at uiwords.com emails at uiwords at gmail.com follow us on twitter and facebook uh tell Aaron, how lovely his beard is today, even though you haven't seen it. I will make sure to post a photo in posting of this podcast. Also, leave us a review on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Spotify, um, and share us with your friends, family, loved ones, relatives, both alive and deceased. Oh, getting some white noise stuff going on here. Well, no, no, no. We'll just use some nanobots to bring them back. Gosh. <laughs> so <I> like this. <laughs> Aaron, you don't like that? Oh. <laughs> Maybe you'll like this. <laughs>